Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Marathon Church Podcast. Thanks so much for joining us wherever you may be. My name is Craig Henson, and I am your host. And uh, hey, before we get too far into this, make sure that you subscribe, rate, and review wherever you get your podcast. Hey, and I'm happy to be joined today by lead pastor Eddie Cox. So good. So good to be here. Executive Pastor Brian Cox. What's up, Craig? And youth pastor Jared Owensby. What's up? Welcome, fellas. How we doing? Doing good. Doing really good. I just yeah. came off vacation. I am so good. So good. So good. Yes. Yeah. yeah. I, heard, I heard you had a good time. I did. There. I had a. I had a lot of salvations. Two sharks and three dolphins. Yeah. You did have a shark sighting, didn't you? I had two of them. A six footer and an eight footer, and the whole beach cleared out. Everybody left, but me and Lynn. We were the only ones there. That's the best. It is. Oh, I was loving it. That's amazing. Come on, sharks. (laughs) I don't know what's going on in the world, but they had a a shark attack in Rockaway Beach, New York. That never happens there. Like on one day. Unbelievable. It's it's crazy. Like, sharks everywhere now. When I was at the beach, it was like... It was in. I was in Isle of Palms, and at Hilton Head, there's a restaurant, and there's just like five eight footers swimming around the dock, like just chilling for dinner. I'm like, what the? I don't know what's going on, but it's crazy. Yeah. They get, they're getting closer and closer. What are, what are they looking like. for? Christians or sinners? <laughs> or maybe they're the same I, thing. I think they all taste the same. Yeah, I don't think they care. Yeah, <laughs> it all tastes the same. One might be a little saltier than the other. Yeah. yeah. We said to be salt of the earth, right? Oh, yeah. This is true. Yeah, the Christians should be salty, right? Yeah, That's we have right. the flavor. We're savory. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I like that. All the Christian metaphors, it's really fun. It is. We're, <laughs> so we're in our favorite series. Yes. Now streaming, uh, formerly known as At the Movies. But uh, now streaming, and we'll get to that in a minute, but we have a lot to celebrate. We're kind of three fourths of the way, you know, through the year. And uh, God's done some amazing things here at Marathon uh, through all of our campuses and ministries. Um, just freshly updated, we've had 89 people meet Jesus this yeah, year. That's awesome. Amen. Wish I had that's a clap in it. A button on here. Yeah, we need cheer. a clap. That's button. right. Yeah, we need. I guess like we can a do that. Yeah. yeah. Five yeah. of those. Five of those were last night. The youth. That's, that's amazing. Correct. Love that. And yeah. two. Two of those. Uh, I won't take too long in this, but two of those are two girls who showed up at the end of the school year and long story short they've come from a rough background and I've, they've been asking questions they've been bringing their bible and i've been waiting for that moment for three four months and to see it last night because one of the girls even two months ago almost died because she overdosed wow and so to see mm. the life change and see yeah that's great. and she was the first one to stand up it wasn't just a hand raise, put it back down. Like they had to take faith to stand up and to see that. I busted out in tears just because I've been waiting for that moment. Yeah, that's so, that's so good. Yeah, we'll get we'll get into Brian's message here in a minute, and that's really what your message was about, Brian. It was really about, hey, we're here for we're for, here for everybody. Yeah, it, we're you know basically you know God hit me with that movie. You know, we'll talk about in a minute, but. You know, are we desperate enough? Do we really want to see life change? And I'm kind of like Jared last night. You know, just everywhere I look, God's at work. Mm. And, like, we've been talking all morning about are we ready for that? Are we doing what we need to do? Yeah. You know, because we don't – I mean, 89 salvations, what, 75 baptisms, five were on at Greenville campus, some were here, I think four or five here. And we had some spontaneous ones come up and – 
just to watch that happen, my goodness, it just it blew me away, and it, and it challenged me, almost like God saying, "I'm doing something. Are you paying attention? Hmm. You know, what are you? Are you gonna? You not? You need to get in on this." And and that was me. I don't want to miss that. You know, I really want to. I think the church is missing an opportunity right now in this generation, and I I got a little passionate about it on Sunday. So no, it was I, great, and <laughs> I, I have to tell you, I'm I'm encouraged. You know, by the seventy six baptisms, because for me that shows this isn't just a hand that went up in a service. You know, one day, and we're like, mm, oh, yeah. that one. But yeah. so many people are taking their next step too, and I think that that's really, really important yeah. and encouraging. Yeah, for sure. And a lot of young people too, which is yeah. amazing. Next yeah. generation taking part in again, not just the hand raise. I see you, but I mm-hmm. see you physically getting in a, a baptism pool and, and taking that next step. That, especially for me being the student guy, that's huge to see that families going mm-hmm. together. Like it's just amazing. And I think it's interesting across the board. You know, we have our Orchard Hill camp. That many people found Christ through that for our eight weeks that mm-hmm. we do that. Then at the Greenville campus, and then at Powdersville, and then at Youth last night. So it's God's working across, you know, everything. And that's just, you know, I want to say it's not normal, but it's not always normal, mm. you know. And it's exciting to see. You yeah, know? I don't think it's normal. Uh, I think you know, I remember hearing churches if we just get one baptism yeah. a year, we're good. Yeah, yeah. and uh, it, I think. I think we're open to God. If it isn't working, we'll do something else. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So we figure out how. What do we want to do? It's a the people are a business and how's business? That's that's what we always said. How's business? For sure. So that's what it's business is good. Yeah. Yeah, and, and not to pick on anybody, but I think the you know the mainstream denominations in America in 2022 average less than 10 baptisms. Hmm. You know so. Unfortunately, this is unusual, you know, but it's great. It's fantastic. Yeah, and I heard that um, Pirate's Cove, uh, Greg Laurie, the movie that's about, you know, Jesus Revolution, I think they had over 5,000 people baptized wow. a couple of weeks ago. That's the, pretty good there. Yeah, yeah, people yeah. They were lined up down the road to get baptized there. So that, was, that movie has definitely made an impact. I don't know if this is the time in the show to share this, but um, – I heard him talk about Lonnie Frisbee. That's the guy in the movie uh, that he, the hippie guy. Yeah, yeah. If you hadn't seen the movie, we'll spoil it a little bit, but not a lot. But um, he said he was with Lonnie the day he died. It was deathbed, mm-hmm. basically. And Lonnie told him, he said, uh, I think in the movie it alliterated to the fact he's going to preach to thousands. But he never shared it before. He said, no, you're going to preach to millions. And basically what happened was after the movie, that's what happened. Millions of people are hearing about mm. Jesus. And I just thought that was that's very interesting that even amazing, yeah. this, what, 30 years, 40 years, 40 years later? Yeah. 50 maybe. I mean, God is, is – he had planned this from the beginning, from the yeah. 1970s. Mm. And I think he's, he's doing some things again. I think we as a church really need to be paying attention. You know, how are we doing with that? That movie reminded us of reminded me of what happened when we started Marathon in '97. Yeah. The shift of, of what you know. Okay, we're gonna we're gonna go for people who are giving up on church, never been to church, and that looks different than normal. Yeah, 
You, you know, and that's what I think that movie was trying to say. This is different than what we're used to. Well, you know, I think about the 1970s, okay? I think it started like 1970, 71. Um, and you think Chuck Smith let a hippie into his church. And I remember when we were, let's see, how old was I? I was probably four or five. But later on, is that right? <laughs> yeah, we'll say so. that. That's good. We'll say. Yeah. But I remember when I was like seventh grade. And I don't know what year that is, but I'm. We had a choir, you know, and they wouldn't let us, wouldn't let Alan be in the choir because his hair was too long. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he that. looked like a hippie, and I used to think that's okay, that's weird. But I think about the context of Chuck Smith and what he did. That was so foreign to let somebody in your church. Mm-hmm. Nowadays, it's more common, you know. But then it was really you just didn't do that. Well, you know, it, it didn't even go that far. When I, I went to a, a private school in the area, and we couldn't have our hair touching yeah. our eyebrows, touching mm-hmm. the collar of our shirt, over our ears. And I, I remember there was kids, I mean, because there was kids that would come to our private school because they might have got kicked out of public school, so they had nowhere yeah. to go. And so they let them in, and I'm like, this is the exact opposite of what we need to be doing, especially for someone like this who is troubled, who doesn't have a good past, and we're telling them, yeah, we don't like you unless your hair's like this. Yeah, you know, I, to be fair, we've all been there. You know, we come from we a have. Baptist church, yeah. and I'm not in any way talking bad about traditional and other churches. I have great friends that are great pastors. What I'm saying is, that, but as a Christian, sometimes that stuff gets in the way, the religion, the, that part, and it's very frustrating for me. It really is. I I, I do get angry about it sometimes when I see people basically pushed away because of something you know what they wear or how they live their life and and I think we have this mentality that well you need to get it right if you'll clean up then you can come in our building Hmm. but I think it's the total opposite come like you are and Jesus will clean you up I think Jesus says I catch them you help me catch them and I'll sort them I'll yeah. You know, um, but anyway, that's why the movie. I don't know. Been doing ministry for a while, and I know these things. But there's something about it. You know, you kind of get into it. Your the motions of it, the mechanics of ministry, and you lose your desperation for it. That's what I mainly talked about Sunday. Was when I saw the movie for the first time, it really just wrecked me emotionally. That I had forgotten something. That God can still do that. I think I thought it was over. It happened in the 70s. It happened, you know, marathon, but God's not doing that anymore. And God's like, no, I'm working right now, but you're not paying attention. You know, so I don't want to miss what God's doing. That's my point. Yeah, the the movie Jesus Revolution is so poignant and relevant on so many levels. But one of the things you pointed out, Brian, is that that culturally, we may be kind of in a similar spot, at least yeah. here in America. You know, culturally, politically, you know, unrest is everywhere. Um, and I think you guys are making a really good point that that typically what we've done in the church is that, that we'll put up a barrier and then maybe we'll mm-hmm. somehow get that one removed, but we'll figure out another one to put up. Mm. And That's and I good. think that, <laughs> you know, we, we'll, we'll figure out something, another reason to keep them out. But I, th- I think that the overall climate of the culture 
is is very similar to the way it was in the late 60s, early 70s. Yeah, I think I uh, shared some statistics Sunday that in the 60s and 70s, drug abuse was rampant. Politics, oh my gosh, I think Nixon was running or something. And it was a, a mess. It sounds very similar. I think it's worse now. Overall, I think mm-hmm. it's a worse climate. If you look at fentanyl, I mean, I saw two people recently. I think they were kind of famous. Their son or their children died right. from mm-hmm. fentanyl yeah. abuse mm. just this week. They said 300 a day die. It's crazy. Mm. I mean, it's just crazy. That, and that's just in America. It is. Mm-hmm. I mean, and then I think marijuana use is up, you know, because it's legal now just about everywhere. But there's a lot of things like that happening that are so similar. And I think it does come down to something Chuck said in the movie, or Lonnie said, that there's a generation that are looking for all the right things, but in the wrong places. Mm-hmm. They're searching for God. And they're not going to realize that until they go so far and they realize God's the only answer. That's what Lonnie said in the movie. He said, I tried everything. But God was the only one, the only thing that works. You know, and I think we find ourselves in a generation, you know, we're getting a little older. But the but I saw the youth last night and my, my own daughter, I see that generation. They are she asked me so many questions last night, you wouldn't believe it. I love Lily. You know, about <laughs> tell me how this is possible. You know, she's questioning, but she's asking good questions. Yeah. Because she wants to know so bad. And she wants to believe so bad that this is this God thing works for her. Yeah. When I think, and, I think too, going back to the girl I was speaking about earlier, there's a scene in the movie where one of the one of the main characters' sister basically is overdosing in a garage oh, yes. with, from drug abuse. Mm-hmm. And I mean, this this girl's in the same spot. She's searching for something. She's a middle school girl. Which you stated on Sunday, the suicide rate in girls is yeah. the high, is the highest number of suicides yeah, since year two thousands up thirty four percent, which is blows my mind. But that they're searching, they want belonging, they want love, they want peace, and and we're talking about the barriers. And if they're they're like, oh, let me go check out church, let me go check out God and stuff. But if they're coming and they're seeing these boundaries, like we see in the movie. They're going to turn right back out the door and then go to those things like the drugs, the sex, the alcohol, whatever it is to fill that hole when all we had to do is say, hey, welcome in, come in. This is a place, and I don't want to jump too far no. or take take your thunder, but you said it Sunday and they say in the movie, this is a place of freedom. Mm-hmm. This is where you can come with all your baggage. We don't care where you come from, what you look like. Because Jesus never discriminated. Jesus never had a filter that you had to be a part of to for him to talk to you. And that's the same way the church needs to be today. And I think your whole point Sunday is some of some of the church is not being that way. Yeah, well, I think I said it um, like we build the walls really good. We have great churches, big old walls. Mm-hmm. When God put in a bridge, we're building walls and we're keeping people out. And it's real easy to fall into that legalism, I guess. That's easier than Email relationship, me. you know. Legalism is definitely easier in relationship. Mm-hmm. I don't have to deal with you. I can just yeah. judge you. <laughs> I, I, I and think exclude I, you. And, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know, I'm the best and you're not. So. Mm-hmm. I said some things Sunday that I think might have um, <laughs> messed people up. I don't know. But 
I'm pretty passionate about the fact we love people where they are because Jesus did. Uh, I think that's hard for the church. Um, like I said Sunday, how are we doing when, when the gay couple walks into our church? How are we doing with that? Are we loving? How are we doing when uh, the teenager walks in with six pronouns? And that's how they identify. They're searching. Their quest mm-hmm. is for God, but they're, they think the pronoun's the answer. <laughs> blows mm-hmm. my mind. Yeah, especially I mean, in middle school. How are we doing even with – I have a problem with this one. When the religious walk in the building, yeah, I have a hard time loving them. <laughs> I want to tell them that door goes both ways, like Chuck said. But I think we need to ask those serious questions. I, I think a lot of people have asked me this. How are you all dealing with the hard topics? You know, Right. I said, we love them. I'm not saying we condone anything. I'm saying we love people where they are because God's going to change them. I, I mean, that's what Jesus did everywhere he went. You know, that's and that's what we should be. And I'm sure I could probably have a long debate with some people about it. But that's why I said revival, it begins with you. It begins with me. It begins with the church. We, we have to personally get invested in and get desperate for people to know God. And I don't think we do that. You know, I think we play church. Huh. And I'm included in that. Because I get tired sometimes. I don't want to talk to some people. <laughs> I just want to play golf. I know. <laughs> right? But I think, you, I think we've got to be more intentional if we want to reach people. I think you know? caring, I mean, caring carries its own thing. That we don't, sometimes we just don't want to do that. Yeah. You know, I think we use the outside and the walls. I think we put these religious things on there because we can see that. We don't really know what's yeah. going on inside. And yeah. so I can, if you're not exactly the way I like you, I don't know if I want to deal with you. Yeah. You know, and we forget, we forget that the heart can be changed by Jesus Christ. It can be changed. You know, it's amazing. We've been doing this 30 years and it hadn't changed a lot, the climate of the church. No, in my, I think, in my I th- opinion, I think I see it moving back more religious now. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they were afraid. We're in this moment where okay, now we're going to go back more. We're going to go back with more religion. Maybe that's maybe that'll do it. Well, that's that, I don't know. that battle of grace and truth. You know, that's that constant. I'm not saying I'm all grace. Don't misunderstand me. I love you, but I'll tell you, this is what the Bible says about it. You know, if you do this, God, your life will be better. If you listen to what Jesus told you and how to live your life, it will be better. My thing is, we don't get them, we don't let them get to that point. <laughs> you know, we don't even let them in the room. You know, anyway, I could go on about that. <laughs> yeah, no, I, and I think you guys are right, and I and I think the cultural and political climate has driven the church mm-hmm. back toward. You know these non-essentials that, That's right. that are all man-made. It, to your point, Eddie, we somehow think if we go back, that's going to work. <laughs> you know, and hey, we we would all be the first to admit that we don't have the answers, and and we don't know what it's going to take to reach the next generation. But we're willing to do anything yeah. but sin to do it. Yeah, we are. We really are. We we are, one thing we always if it's not working, we just we stop doing that. And we do something else, you know. I don't know if 
we have that luxury in this church at yes. Marathon to be able to say, okay, that's not working. We're going to do this. Because it's about people, <clears throat> right? You know, yeah. it's not about the program; it's about the people. And so, if we're not reaching the people, well, I, well, I will say that we are. Mm-hmm. It's happening. I it mean, is. You, it's obvious. You know, you can't when you have baptism and salvation. That's you know, it's happening. Yeah. So, I think it's. I think we should maybe make a shirt: people over programming and relationship <laughs> over religion. Oh, you just yeah. made a T-shirt. I know. Friend. There we go. <laughs> the next, next youth T-shirt, right? There we yeah. go. There we go. I see it. <laughs> so, Bob, uh, Brian, you talked to us about revival on yes. Sunday, and uh, we'll we'll get to God's prescription for it because God lays it out very clearly, mm-hmm. right? But that statement that you shared with us on Sunday uh, was was convicting, and I think it hit everybody in the room on some level. Yeah. I, why don't we um, take turns reading it? I thought it'd be kind of fun. Sure, you know, um, like I'll read one line. Jared, you read one line. Let's have a little fun with it. Is that okay? Sure. Uh, But you got to emphasize the up part. (laughs) Okay. Okay. Where are the up? I see it. I'll I'll start. I'll start. If all the sleeping people will wake up. Oh, you want us all to say that? No, no. You read the next line. Yeah. If all the lukewarm people will fire Up. up. If all the dishonest people will confess up, <laughs> if all the disgruntled people will cheer, cheer up, up, I like that one. If all the strange people will make up, if all the gossipers will shut, shut up, up. <laughs> that's my favorite. Too. If all the true soldiers will stand up, if all the dry bones will shake up. Okay, that's funny how that ended with me. If all the church people will pray up, then we can like, have revival. Yes, and I and that I'm not really sure where that came from, um, but it it's so true. It basically is Second Chronicles seven fourteen in a statement. It's basically what it's saying. Um, you know, humble yourself. Well, let me go back to the beginning of the verse because I think it's. In, are you ready for me yet? Oh yeah. Because um, this actually was an epiphany for me in some ways, because I have read that all my whole life. You know, I understand we got to be humble. It's real easy to, to hear. But he says, if my people who are called by my name, he's very specific. It's not talking about everybody. He's talking about my people. And I said it Sunday, if you've set to Christ and you're a believer and you're following Christ, I'm talking to you, I'm talking to me. You are called by my name. Will humble themselves. And I had to explain this to Lily. Mm. She's like, "Well, what does that mean? Humble myself? You know, does that mean I need to, you know, let people just treat me bad?" I said, "That's not what I said. <laughs> I said, but when somebody hurts you, you forgive. When you, you got to get that under control. And I think it's hard for a lot of us. Pride is a big issue. Pride is that's one. Of, I have a problem with that." Us men in here, we have problems with pride. Sure. I don't have no problem with pride. You know, we, we, yeah, I know. That says yeah. the prideful one. I, I'm one of the most humble people <laughs> I know. Just ask anybody. Yeah, that's right, man. I'm, I can humble myself better than any of you. Oh, there we go. I, I am so. I'm more humble than all of y'all. So yeah, you know. watch this. Andy believes that. He really does. Oh no. yeah, I'm I'm that guy. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. But but it's kind of simple. We kind of just. You know, 
go over that, and oh yeah, I'd humble myself. It means I'm gonna be nice to people. It's, it's so much more than that, <laughs> because it, it goes on to say, which is very interesting, that there's two other parts to this revival. If you if you pray and seek my face, then I will, and run from your wicked ways, then I will heal your land. I will hear your prayer. Got ahead of myself. I will hear your prayer from heaven and heal your land. So what's the three things? Humble yourself, seek, and pray. What's the third one? Don't remember. I remember that is it. That is your three. That is my three. Yeah. Humble yourself, pray, and seek my face, basically. Mm-hmm. Here's what we do as a church. This is what I thought was interesting to me. Is what I do as a Christian. I'm not doing the first one. Mm. I'm not going to humble myself, okay? I say I do, but I really don't. But I'm going to pray. I'm going to go to prayer. What they call prayer nights or um, prayer group. Prayer. What's the Wednesday nights used to be called? Prayer group. Prayer, prayer meetings. meetings. Prayer meetings. Prayer I'm going to pray. I'm going to read my Bible. I'm going to seek God's face. I'm going to do it all day long. God, help me. God, give us revival. And it's not going to happen. Why? Because you're not humble. Because you're not humble. He said, if you don't do that, then there's no sense. Because here's the next line I thought was very interesting. Then I will hear from heaven and heal your land. Well, if I'm not hearing from heaven, well, I'm not going to answer your prayer. And the only way he's going to hear your prayer is that you humble your heart and your your life. I thought that was pretty interesting for mm-hmm. me. Is that, am I doing, God, am I missing the most important thing in my relationship with God is humbling myself and loving people? You know, I just thought that was really cool for me. I can give you yeah. the whole New Testament right okay. now. Okay. Okay. Here, this is the hardest thing we had to overcome in the, in starting churches and doing things. It's not about me. That's mm-hmm. the whole New Testament. It's yeah. about them. I'm talking to the Christians. Yeah. And so, if when but what happens to Christians is that they do the prayer meeting because they need prayer, yeah. and they read the Bible for them. Everything is about That's their yeah. law. Mm. It's not about the other people who need God. Mm-hmm. It, the whole New Testament is not about me. Yeah. That's the hardest thing we have to overcome. I think that's fun. I think like to hear you say that, and I think some of us need to hear it. Is those prayer meetings, those Bible studies? You're not saying, "Hey, you want to come? We're going. Hey, we're going to meet. We're going to grow." But then we're just going to keep it in the room. We're going like, to mm-hmm. shut the doors. Mm-hmm. It's going to be just us. And that's the exact opposite of what the gospel, what the scripture says is it's for the people. It's not, it, yes, we need scripture to help us grow, but like the scripture says, you can pray, you can read your Bible, you can go to church. Those are great things. But yeah. if you're not loving and humbling, which to truly love, you have to humble. So I, I might even say God tells in scripture, grace commandment is love, and he might could change it up so the greatest is you got to humble yourself. Then you can love truly the way I loved and, and through humbleness. But that, and I, because I grew up in a Baptist background where we had the Bible studies, we weren't saying, hey, you want to come meet Jesus? And you're like, hey, let's go break this scripture down. Let's learn. But then we'll just leave it be. Yeah. I it, can be, I can be the greatest Christian in the world and never deal with people. <laughs> I can love God yeah. and never love people. Mm-hmm. I can do it all for me. And this is the opposite of the New Testament. Mm-hmm. Didn't mean to cut you off. Go ahead, Jerry. No, that and you know what? And what's crazy about that, you're not going to grow. No, you, no. Be, you get mean. Because you, you don't <laughs> have the first part. You, you, you can't mix. You can't have God the way you want him. There's a specific way you get God in, in revival. 
you have to become like Jesus. Jesus said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. He, he showed us how to be humble. I don't think we know how. We could probably do a whole series on it because I don't think we know how. I struggle with it, really, because I fight with that. Well, I'm not going to let them talk to me that way. You're not going to run over me. Mm. i got to stand up for myself. Yep. And I'm like, okay, God, where's the line? Right. Yeah. Where's the line? And I think for me, Jesus is like, well, there's some righteous anger there that needs to happen. But I love them regardless of how they live or how they treat me. I'm going to die for them. And I don't think we want to die for people. And there's a lot of them I don't want to die for. Yeah, I'd say most of them. We're in the me generation. It's the opposite of the New Testament. <laughs> sure. Yeah, and, and so so it comes back to this: Do we want revival? Do we really want it? Yeah. And I think I said Chuck Smith was asked that question: Do you think we'll ever see another Jesus movement? He said, "I don't think we're desperate enough." And I think that's what he's saying: We're not willing to do it. We're not willing to. And I think the statement: The only reason we don't have revival. Is because we are not, or we are willing to live without it. Let me say it again. The only reason we don't have revival is because we're willing to live without it. We're willing to be mad. We're willing to not humble. We're willing to do church as usual, and we're okay with that. What I'm talking about is a radical faith. It's a radical love. It's not normal. It's not church as usual. It's loving people that. You don't want to love, you know. Yeah, I'm in, I'm intrigued by the phrase "seek God's face" as well, yeah. because, and I think you, this is what you guys have been talking about is we because we don't seek His face, we don't know His heart. Mm. Great, and, good. And Jesus yeah. made it clear that His heart is for the one, not for the ninety nine. Mm-hmm. And I think that somehow we've we've bought into that the heart of God is for us to grow spiritually and be mature. Mm. And his his heart is for the one who's lost. Yeah. His, his really heart good. is the one who yeah. hasn't come home yet. Yeah. And that's when the party happens, when the one comes home, when the when the eighty nine that we've been blessed to be a part of, when yeah. when those come home, that's when the party starts. Absolutely. And I think that we we don't we don't want to focus on revival because we don't know God's heart. Yeah. And we're we're more than willing to live without it, unfortunately. Yeah, yeah. I like what you said that if you seek God, it says it. Uh, I think in Psalm or was it? it? Might have been Psalms. I can't remember. I talked about it the other day with the youth. If you seek God with all your Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen. That's it. Mm-hmm. If you seek God with all your heart, He said, "You will find me." Mm-hmm. And I think de- yeah, it's desperate though, isn't it? So I would say yeah. when we seek God. And we really ask God to show us and search me and show me. David did that. Show me who I really am. Not to pretend me. Show me who am I really. And when you can see yourself, it's like, oh, now I know what I need to do. I have clarity of who I am. And I don't think we have that sometimes. That's a great point, Craig. If you really seek God, he's going to show you. You might not like what he shows you. But he's gonna he's gonna humble you. <laughs> That's yeah. what he's done to me. I think through this whole experience with the movie, God just showed me you're not who I called you to be. You're a great version of something, but you're mm. not who I called yeah. you to be. Mm. You don't love like you should. 
you mad all the time. You know, I, I had to really work through that. But that's so good. You know, and I find myself doing that, seeking God. Show me who I am. And I think the word seek is very under understood. I don't know if that makes sense. But because there's a difference between, and in, in that where it popped in my mind is when you said that's being desperate, right? It made me think of a, a, a real life instance. So it comes Christmas time, you have a kid, they want this certain thing and they are dying for it. Well, you're going to seek to find that. You're going to search every mm-hmm. website. You're going to go to the store. You're not going to sit on your butt at home and say, well, we'll see if it shows up. You're going to do research on it because you're seeking. Mm-hmm. But if you were just seeing, you're just like, oh, yeah, there it is on Amazon. And I'll see if there's a deal. But no, seeking for something is is putting effort. It's being desperate. It's, it's being humble, putting your time mm-hmm. away and focusing on yeah. what what's at hand and what's what is at hand is revival if we will seek it. But I think to seek, you got to be humble. Again, yeah. the, we keep coming back to, to seek the, with your heart. Yeah. Yeah. You know, because it, if we're trying to seek God, it's going to say, I'm going to have to put my phone down, get off social media and, and, and pray or, or read scripture and seek because that's what scripture is. And I think maybe some people don't understand it is scripture is God breathed inspired words. That's how he talks to us because he's not in this room with us. We can pray with him. But if we want to seek him, we have to humble and say, I can put this relationship aside. Hey, I can't meet tonight. We can't hang out every night because I, I need to be reading my scripture or, or whatever it is. But there's a difference between seeking and looking for something. And a lot of times I think this word is, we said it earlier, they're looking to feel love. They're looking to feel involved, but they're not seeking the true thing that would fill that hole. Right. I think you made it really practical for us at the end of the message on Sunday, Brian. You, you first of all gave us this quote: "The church is a hospital for sinners, not a museum for Christians." And and then you said what we do, and he basically said we need to stop doing it. Don't put up a wall where there's a bridge, and be a stepping stone, not a stumbling block. It was yeah. so good. Yeah, and I, I mean, I'm talking to myself when I say that. You know, as as a pastor in the community and the church, how are we doing? How are we doing with that? I think and, it's uh, it comes and goes. That's why yeah. you have to have a revival. We don't stay always. We don't yeah. stay up all yeah. the time. We yeah. have to. We have to rethink, redo, get back to where we were. You know. Yeah, I think because our nature is to be religious mm-hmm. in some ways. It's also to be sinful. But you know, what I mean, we tend to regress a little bit. Then we God has to smack us in the head a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Get back to it, you know. Kind of like Peter, always you need to smack him all the time, just to. But I think, to me, I don't want to live like that anymore. Right. I don't want to get too comfortable. I probably shouldn't say that, but <laughs> but you know what I'm saying because we are in the business of showing people the freedom and forgiveness of Jesus. That's what we do. That's what we're called to do. We're not called to just have a career where we get to do. You know, stand up and talk about God. We we're here to show people and live out the message of Jesus because they need God. That is just what needs to change in me. That's what needed to change, and it has to change all the time. Um, yeah, that the the church is a hospital. It, it wrecked me on Sunday because I sat there and I thought personally of, of myself and the student ministry of. Are we a hospital? Like, do we advertise ourselves as Chuck Smith did? He's like, this is the place where if you're hurt, you're mm-hmm. bruised, you're battered, come. 
And I'm like, do do we represent ourselves as the hospital? Or we say, hey, come here if you know who Jesus mm-hmm. is, if you if you read your Bible. And it, it, it wrecked me. And I thought about it the rest of the service, probably missed some more key points that you shared after that. But I was like, are we re- really that hospital? We're like, we almost have like a, a grading system, you know, when you get to the like trauma one, trauma two, we're like, oh, you're trauma. Yeah, we don't want that. And and, that, mm-hmm. and we see that today in the churches. Uh, you're, you're too much trauma. Like You're, you're going to be too much work. Well, I, I shared this example. I thought it was – it's like I went to the hospital last week, okay? Mm-hmm. And uh, just imagine me walking into the hospital in the emergency room and looking around saying, why are all these sick people in here? Can y'all get out? Because mm-hmm. y'all are in the way. <laughs> oh. And I was like, well, that's exactly what we do in church. For sure. Why, why? No, 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 no. We got trauma one. That's over there. You go to Marathon, that's trauma one. <laughs> we don't want your – anyway. I do think all church, big church, big C church, we really need to look at what we're doing and how we're loving people. Absolutely. Man, you did a great job kicking the series off on Sunday, Brian, and I can't wait for week two. Hey, thanks for listening. Please find us on social media at Marathon Church and send us your questions and comments. Email info at marathonchurch.org. We'll catch you next time.